Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. Wealth is more than just money, where you will hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to become financially free, generate wealth, and legacy wealth. If you want to discover how to enhance your money mindset through strategies, tools, and techniques, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, Paul Lawrence Van, is a financial coach, two-time number one international best-selling author, course creator, and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free, discover ways to build wealth, and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years. Will you be next? Here is your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Yes, good evening, everyone. This is your host, Paul Lawrence Van, and I host Wealth Academy Podcast. And remember our mantra, wealth is more than just money. And this evening, we're bringing on Keith C. Holmes, and he is the author of the amazing book, Black Inventors, uh, crafting over 200 years of success. And he's going to share some really great insight with us. And he's going to share some of his favorite inventors and inventions. And then he's going to ask me mine. And we're going to have a good time. And uh, we're also going to try to work in a few uh, slides as well as we go through uh, this particular uh, episode. So welcome everyone on Facebook, YouTube, as well as LinkedIn. We're honored to have you. And this, of course, starts uh, Black History Month. So without further ado, I want to introduce Keith to you and I'll go over bio. Keith Holmes, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me, Paul. All right. We're glad to have you here. And Keith have conducted decades of research on Black inventors, and I know he has uh, some inspiration uh, for that. He's going to talk about a little bit here in the, in the start of this interview, but he's done some remarkable things. And I've interviewed him before on my talk radio show, and we had a great time then. And I have his book that he had sent an autograph years ago to my daughter. So I want you all to see that as well. Beautiful book. And uh, we're going to get started now. So Keith, welcome again from the great state of New York. And I want to ask, what is the inspiration for you conducting this research that is so very important in terms of Black inventors from all parts of the world? Please share that inspiration with us. Thank you, Paul. And uh, welcome to your guests, and I mean, your audience tonight. And uh, we're going to have a great time going over some new inventors that you might not have never heard about. And the fact that now there are over 20 Black men and women inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. That's like being inducted to the NBA, NBA the NFL, yeah. MLB Hall of Fame. But what inspired me to write this book was in 1988, I was at a, attending an event in Brooklyn, New York, called the uh -huh. African Street Festival. And I came across a book called Black Inventors by Bert McKinley. I was so yeah. inspired by the book. I was thinking about becoming a street vendor and selling this book on the street. Sure. But I talked to my mentor, Dr. Ra Unefra Amen, and uh -huh. he inspired me and suggested, why don't you write a book about black inventors? So I started on a journey, and I'm not gonna keep it long, of going to mm -hmm. the Schomburg, the Moorland Spring Arm Library in Washington, yeah. DC, going to the New York Public Library and comprising a list of inventors. And what I quickly came upon, Paul, was the fact that most of the research that has been done has been only on the inventors from the United States. And as yeah. you know, Black people are in a lot of countries, yes. Canada, the Caribbean, Africa, of course, Australia, Europe. Europe. 
the uh -huh. UK, Central uh -huh. South America. So I expanded my research and now I have over 15,000 inventors that I found from 70 countries and five continents. And just to add a little sidebar, my wife sure. passed away in 2020. She yeah, was the inspiration. Thank you. She was the inspiration for me getting this done. Like you, I had three boys and one girl and had to attend soccer matches, swimming <laughs> events, you know, football, Life. recitals. And I used to lug this computer around to try to get this uh, project done. And my wife said, honey, you got to get this done. Stop uh -huh. this on the back burner. So from, two, from 1988 to 2008, I did my research. And then in 2008, I published this book, Black Inventor Crafting Over 200 Years of Success. So my inspiration comes from my family. It comes from my mentor, Dr. Ronald Nefron And of course, it uh -huh. comes from all those great men and women who've made an uh, insurmountable contribution in the area of science, technology, and innovation. Oh, that is amazing. And again, uh, I, I'm sorry to hear that your wife passed away, but you know, knowing that she inspired you to do this and the fact that you actually did it, you know, it really speaks volume. I'm sure she's looking down from heaven and said, job well done. Job Thank well done, you. absolutely. Yes, that's wonderful. And uh, one of the things that I want to know, you know how keep people say, oh, you're an overnight success. And I know when you wrote this <laughs> book. <laughs> now, how many, how much time did it take you to write this book? I know you conducted a lot of research and you've continued to this day, but how much time to show people that it really takes determination, it takes discipline, commitment to get this type of level of uh, achievements um, record it the way you have? You know, it, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I, if I had a body like LeBron James, Michael Jordan, of sure. course, I would have to put in thousands of hours practicing and getting my game honed in. Uh -huh. But like a researcher, you've got to spend thousands of hours oh, yeah. digging up information, verifying if the information is, is correct or not. But yes, you have to dig deep. And for our history, as you know, there's been a lot left out of the history books. So I yeah. made sure I crossed the T's and dotted the I's. So I spent tens of thousands of hours researching uh -huh. to find this information. And it's and it has been rewarding. Yeah. And we'll go into that in a little while. Absolutely. And I tell you, when you look at it as in 70 different countries, and then we have the African American women inventors. And I mean, it's tremendous. I was looking through the book today and it's still stuff that I'm still learning because it's just so rich in terms of what it provides the reader, uh, students, of course, that you work with and everything else. Now, uh, one thing I want the audience to know, Keith, is that the American Express Essentials has recognized your book as one of the 10 books that people should read during Black History Month. And in this process, it also takes into account books by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., by Mrs. Coretta Scott King, and so many others, Dick Gregory and so many others. So let's share what that's like to be in that number, if you will, to be with so, such amazing people uh, such as that, who include yourself. Well, you know, it's, it's inspiring that uh, American Express made my book one of the books that people should read. Uh -huh during Black History Month, but it should be read all year round. Exactly. And the list, you know, like Dr. Martin Luther King and oh, Coretta yeah. King, 
and I, I have to say with Dr. Martin Luther King, his speech, Why I Opposed oh, yeah. the Vietnam War, he did right. some phenomenal research to show the economic uh, impact that the war yeah. had on people during the Vietnam War era. But yeah. seeing that list, man, sure. that's like being inducted <laughs> into the NBA, the NFL, and uh -huh. the baseball. I am so honored and I'm proud, you know, of the fact that, you know, this work is being recognized not only here in the United States, but yeah. this now in over 40 countries and a number of national libraries from around yeah. the globe has yeah. recognized this book as a leading information on the inventions by black and brown people. Absolutely. I tell you one thing I always share with people when I was growing up and I grew up in North Carolina, no matter whose house you would go into, there would be a picture of Dr. Martin Luther King oh, and, a doc, and, a, and a picture of President John Kennedy. Yes. And I tell people that. And then ironically, uh, Dr. King, uh, I was a young man. I wasn't even a teenager when Dr. King was assassinated. And years later, I ended up getting introduced to his wife, Coretta Scott King, here in Washington, D.C., at the Congressional Black Caucus legislative uh, event they have each year mm -hmm. and got to meet her. And then years later, I interviewed their daughter, Bernice King, on the radio, on my radio show. And so uh, I would consider them like to be one of the first families of the United States as well. No, so, yeah. and and if Dr. Martin Luther King had been is still, would we be still alive? Yeah. This work would still be honored because this man transcends time and space. Yeah, and it's interesting that his words speak louder today than they did in 1968. Oh, for sure, for sure. Because I read a lot of his books and and speeches because I'm I'm a speaker, so I, I typically want to look at someone who was really good at it, and he was great at it. And, and uh, he's done some wonderful things in their family, even through Martin uh, Luther King III. They're still out there trying to make a difference in America. So uh, I, tremendous. I'd like to add that what I did too in this book, I, I mentioned the trademarks. Yes. Interesting. Dr. Martin Luther King, as well as Coretta Scott King, yes. have streets, schools, public libraries, yes. boulevards, buildings named after them. And it's, oh, yeah. and it's an honor to be yeah. on this, but trademarks are very important. And Dr. Martin Luther King was a trailblazer. Yes. Of not only his time, but this time also. Absolutely, absolutely. We have so much respect for them because they earned it. They earned that respect. Definitely. So um, one of the things I wanna jump off into now because I just love reading about these inventions that you have recorded. So let's dig into a few of your favorite inventors and inventions that you appreciate. And we can also talk about some patents and trademarks as well, but your book it acknowledges uh, a lot of inventors in more than 70 countries from the year 1769 to till now. And uh, what are what do you consider your top three or four inventors and in inventions that they've crafted? All right, so I have a, a slide that we should be able to share now, and you should see it. Sure. Let's can you see. bring that up? All right, let me see if I can pull that in. Uh, just one second. Sure. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me see if we can pull this one in. Okay. Let's see if you can pull that one up. Let's see. Now, is this something I need to do or you need to do on your end? Share. I put share on oh, there. Yeah. Nope. Okay. I don't see I don't see the slides themselves. Okay. However, 
uh, we'll be able to um, see if we can get that. Okay, I see it now. Okay, that's it. All right, here we go. All right, Keith, let's talk about this. All right, so I just want to go over some information while we have the time. Okay. You know, primary responsibility of uh, my book was to honor the men and women responsible for great technological advances that make human and social economic process possible. Yes. As of today, as I stated before, there are over 20 black men, but also women now inducted yeah. to the National Hall of Fame. And, and, where, where, and where is it located? Uh, it's located in Ohio. Okay. Um, I can't recall okay. the exact city, sure. but it's in, uh, it's in Ohio. And it's interesting, fortunately in 2021, yeah. the first two black women were inducted, Dr. Patricia E. Bath, and yes. uh, Marion Crow. Now, uh -huh. Dr. Patricia Bath is responsible for laser scopes that's used for people who suffer from cataracts. And right. as you know, cataracts is the leading cause of blindness around the world. So her yeah. invention saved the eyesight of millions of people around the world. And Mar Marion Crow, which we'll get into also, is sure. responsible for voice over IP and has over 200 uh, patents to her name. That is remarkable. Fantastic. Continue, please. All right. So I want to go into, you said three, and, yeah, you know, so it's hard to come up with more. three. Yeah. But one of them, of course, as I stated, was Dr. Patricia Bath, who was born in 1942, and she passed uh -huh. away in 2019. Oh, she wow. was nominated 11 times to the National Inventors Hall of Fame. And she was uh -huh. finally inducted in uh, 2021. She had over 10 sure. patents. She was an African-American woman inventor, specialized in ophthalmology, and was a humanitarian. Yes. Pioneer in the early laser cataract surgery. So these amazing. And you can see, can, before, before um, the ophthalmologists or the surgeons, eye surgeons, uh, had this technology at their disposal, uh -huh. this was that they had to use their hands and their eyesight. Yes. And if your hands is a little unsteady, when you are trying to deal with someone who has a problem with their eyes in terms of surgery, you can make an error or you can make a cut that's unnecessary. Exactly. Using laser made it exact and perfect. So a lot of people benefited from the different uh, inventions that Dr. Pat Patricia E. Bath developed. So she and had a steady hand. Very steady hand, but she had also had laser technology to assist her. Absolutely. Well, that, that's, that's remarkable. That's just one person. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, Dr. George Washington Carver. Oh, for sure. Even though he's a throwback, uh -huh. he is the first man, first black man, uh -huh. to be inducted into the National Hall of Fame. And that was in April of 1990. Now, one of the things that's interesting is Dr. George Washington Carver only had three patents. But he developed over 300 products from the peanut. He saved himself from one crop destruction. If you grow cotton over and over on the soil, it depletes the soil. It it. Exactly. And, and nitrogen. And it becomes useless. You can't use it anymore. It was Carver who informed the um, farmers in Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, no. South Carolina, mm -hmm. grow peanuts. They had so many different peanuts and so much peanuts in their in their barns and locations. They didn't know what to do with it. Sure. So it was Carver who went into his laboratory 
and developed over 300 products from the peanut. Now, if you count all of the inventions, all of the innovations that Dr. Carver developed from agrimony, mm -hmm. the use of crops and herbs and trees uh -huh. and branches, um, if you do, if you if you count all of those things that he developed, sure. he would have had over a thousand inventions just on his name alone, more than Thomas Alva Edison, who sure. had a brain trust of people who yeah. worked for him, and he would have those people assign those patents to his uh -huh. company. So what makes him different? Well, besides the peanuts, it was Carver who also grew soybeans. Yeah, and he was that first indicated that soybeans could do quite well in the soils of, of America. And he also said that not only soybeans being a very important crop for the sure. United States, but he also said that cowpeas could yeah. also be used similar to uh, peanuts and or soybeans. So I consider him one of the icons of yeah, uh, science. Yeah, yeah. That he could come up with 300 products just from the peanut itself. That takes a lot of creativity, a lot of research, and, and a lot of wisdom as well. And, and receptivity. Because yeah. one of the things that Carver realized as an early young man, plants talk to, talk to him yeah. and he talk to the plants. So they unleash their secrets to him. And he was receptive enough to take those secrets that the plants were giving him and develop all these different, uh, all these different uh, products. Wow, that is fantastic. And the third one, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it to a woman because okay. we, we don't give black women enough credit right. besides all the great work that they do in education, uh -huh. all the great work they do in legislation in terms of government, and also all the great work they do in the home. Exactly. This woman, Marion Croak, was the second black woman to be inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Over 100 patents close to 200. She's credited with developing voice over IP. She at one time was the vice president of engineering at Google and previously yes. served as a senior vice president of research and development at AT&T Labs. AT&T Labs. Let me ask you this, Keith. Now, yes, good. She was born in 1955. Right, is that young. Yes, yes, she is. She's young. She's a young wow. woman. That's incredible. Yeah, and I have friends that work at AT&T, but I had never heard of her before, but she's done a lot. And she's it's been used by Skype, Magic Jack, and Vonage. So she's all over that voice over IP for sure. And remember when Haiti had the, its earthquake? Oh, yeah. In 2005, she revolutionized yeah. how people can donate money to a charitable organization, i.e. the Haiti earthquake, raising wow. over two. $2 million in pledges in this fashion. So that's three that I think make a major impact here in the United uh -huh. States as well as around the world. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So at this point, you're going to ask me my three favorites. So who are your top <laughs> inventors? Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to start out with uh, I'm going to start out with this lady by the name of Sarah Breedlove. Now, her name that she goes by is Madam C.J. Walker. Mm -hmm. And what happened with her, she was uh, she was born in uh, Delta, Louisiana, and her parents were enslaved and they were sharecroppers. And she was orphaned at the age of seven. And so after a period of time, she lost her hair. 
uh, from some uh, scalp conditioning. And so she invented a very innovative line of African-American hair care products in 1905. And of course, she's one of the first self-made millionaires in the United States of America. And I've actually been to her, her uh, museum area there in Richmond. And uh, I've, I've seen that and it was very impressive. Yeah, very, she was doing some, she was way out there, uh, way ahead of her times like all of these other inventors. And uh, the next person is, uh, I have Patricia Bath on there also. <laughs> so now I'm gonna go to um, Philip Downing. So what does Philip Downing do? He had the patent for the modern day mailbox. Now, how important is that? That's so important. And uh, he had this patent in October 27th, uh, 1891, and uh, he, that's when he invented it, and uh, he, he was in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. So the mailbox, yeah, that's, that's very, to me, that's very important because, you know, you get letters, you know, family and everything. So uh, the next person is Garrett Morgan, mm -hmm. and he was responsible for the mechanical traffic light. Uh, he was born in Paris, Kentucky. And uh, in uh, March of 1877, and uh, he died in Cleveland, but he received $40,000 from this uh, invention of the mechanical traffic light. Uh, so when we get our, uh, so we put that in the category of safety, you know, without traffic lights, it would really be crazy. <laughs> so, so those are my three. And it's interesting, I did an interview with uh, Sandra Morgan, the great-granddaughter of um, Garrett A. Morgan. And one of the things that's very interesting about his development of the uh, traffic light, uh, automatic traffic light, is the fact that that light is responsible for saving hundreds of millions of people's lives by controlling traffic around the world. If you get on the highway and drive, or you get on the byways in terms of uh, areas that have no traffic light or do have traffic light, you can see why it's important to be able to control the flow of traffic, thus saving time, uh, money, and all, at the same time, moving goods from around the country. And that traffic light is used globally. It's used around the world. So thank you so much for that. All, all right. right. Yes, we're good. Okay. I didn't see you for a second. <laughs> I was just testing out some of these inventions here. All right. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit more in regards to if there are some other uh, inventors and inventions that you want to talk about. Yes, you know we got to talk about Mark Edward Dean. Okay. Um, just as Dr. George Washington Carver is considered the Wizard of Tuskegee, yes. I think Mark Edward Dean should be the Wizard of IBM. Over two hundred patents. Wow. Are in his name. And he was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 1997. And what's unique about him? Well, he developed what's called the one gigahertz chip. When we yeah. talk about computer speed now, we don't uh -huh. talk about megabytes anymore. It's always gigabytes or terabytes. Terabytes, exactly. The, what the one gigahertz chip did was revolutionize financing, banking, uh -huh. military, telecommunication, educational institutions, the internet, you name it, anything that needs speed in order to process information, the one gigahertz chip and other chips that have been developed since then based on this technology 
has revolutionized how we move information around the world. Can Absolutely. you remember when you were a young man and mm -hmm. you used to get your check on a Friday uh -huh. and go to the bank and deposit your check? Yes. And you'd have to wait two or three days for it to clear. The process, yes. Well, we don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. we, all that processing speed in terms of automatic uh, checks automatically be developed, uh, deposited into our accounts, our ability to pay things online. Exactly. All that requires this computer speed and this gigahertz chip is the backbone of that technology. Mark Edward Dean, who yes. also is a very young man. He's a very young man. So when, when you're getting your when you were born in the 50s, we're now saying they're young men now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that's uh, tremendous. And of course, uh, Dr. Drew, if I'm not mistaken, he died in North Carolina. I think it may have been Durham and he was in a car accident, but they would not treat him with the plasma. Well, let's correct that story. All right. Let's talk. When I did my research at Schomburg Library and I uh -huh. dug all of the articles that were written about his death, sure. back in those days, as you know, yeah. seatbelts were not something that was mandatory in terms of driving. Yes. So when Dr. Dr. Drew was driving, he, yes, was in a car accident and he was thrown from the car. The car. Got so it. He, he actually died from blunt force, force trauma oh. and not from not being able to get hospitalizations to oh. assist in his um his recovery. Okay. So we trauma and, and his wife and family documented that fact. But oh. we've always been hearing, and that's I think that's an urban myth sure. that he ended up dying from the very thing that he, that he invented. invented. Right. Now blood plasma is so is very important because billions of people around the world who have to go to the hospital sometime in their lives have to get blood plasma. So on the battlefield and medical uh, surgeries that have to be done. Battlefield surgeries, yes. All of that is important. So this man is super important when it comes to the development of blood plasma and the use of it around the world. It made the difference during World War II in terms of GIs being able to get blood plasma right on the battlefield. Battlefield, right. Didn't have to go to the hospital and go to the yeah, hospital. even in today's uh, combat in Afghanistan and Iraq, it was the same thing where they were able to actually take care of it right there on the spot. Yes. Which made and he's still making a difference to this day. Yes, he is. Yes. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, let's also now who, who is this young lady? Hadija? Hadia? Hadia. Oh, Green. Uh -huh. One of the things that's very interesting about her story is that you know she was often at a young age raised by her aunt, uh -huh. lost her aunt to cancer, and her, her uncle was also diagnosed with cancer. Okay. And you remember as a young child, when you would think about something that you would really want to do to help make a difference, sure. this woman was so inspired by the fact that she lost her aunt to cancer and then had her uncle diagnosed, she uh -huh. probably went into a very deep visualization Sure. And came up with the idea, I want to one day cure cancer. And the unique thing about this young lady is that she has one patent for photothermal nanostructure tumor therapy. In the long run, nano yeah. uh, particles uh -huh. injected to fight and kill the cancer cell so. while avoiding the healthy cells. Now we've seen things like in Marvel and DC oh, yeah. comics, 
and some of these other science fiction movies that are made where nanotechnology is used and injected into people. Well, this right. one actually developed the technology for that. And this technology is being used to help people who suffer from cancer. Wow, so that, that is tremendous. Made and that, that came, was born out of a passion for having lost her, her uh, relatives. So yep. she came up with something that really could make a difference, not only that she lost them and had an uncle, but, but, but people after that as well. Yes. Yes, yes. That, so that, you know, I'm focusing on, on women inventors, and most yeah. of the time we just talk about the Black men. Correct. We've got to give the shout out to all the Black women who are struggling, struggling and yeah. studying in the yeah. science, technology, engineering, and mathematics field. Yes. Yeah. They are more than capable of developing a lot of innovations and more than two black women should be inducted into the National Venice Hall of Fame. And we need to change that narrative in sure. our time. Absolutely. And I'm pretty sure that that's what's gonna happen. Yes. So we, we also understand why it's important to use cable, yes. long distance phone calls, how cables are buried underground in terms of, um, you know, to protect them from, um, uh, the, the yeah, corrosion. Uh -huh. and, and corrosion. Yeah. But this black man, Walter Lincoln Hawkins, mm -hmm. born in 1911, a little bit before our time. Sure. Died in 1992. Yeah, that's about my grandmother's time. Exactly. 1913. Yeah. And he um, was inducted into the National Venice Hall of Fame in 2010. He mm -hmm. had 142 domestic and uh, foreign patents. Uh -huh. he, the, he pioneered the polymers that are used to protect the cables that are strewn across the ocean, the ones that are buried uh -huh. on the ground. Uh -huh. This prevented them from being destroyed by corrosion. Yes. So, and he worked for Bell Labs as uh -huh. you know, one of the leaders in technology Absolutely. communications. Yes. So he's a very important inventor when it comes to uh, telecommunications as well as the uh, cables that are buried under the ocean and in the ground. So yeah, those are the ones that Russia may just uh, destroy up in Ireland <laughs> tomorrow or Thursday. Oh, we'll see what happens because remember, oh, yeah. it's also being used now, not just cables. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, me, go ahead. Um, in writing your book, what a couple of things that really surprised you in your research phase? Uh, so talk to us about um, some some things that you saw that you didn't expect to see as a part of your research when you were following either the trademarks, the patent, or an invention? Well, you know, I found um, trademarks by, by Cab Calloway. Okay. Trademarks by Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Michael Jordan, uh -huh. James, yes. um, the Supremes, Four Top. Trademarks are not just used as a means of protecting a brand of, or name. It is also used now, as we can see, in advertising, marketing, yes. and case in point, when you look at the term hip hop, yes. that has over 1,000 trademarks that are used globally around the world. And as you know, sure. hip hop, you know, that our young people listen to, and some of us old, old folks who like oh. you know, some good music. <laughs> I don't know those old folks. <laughs> it had become a brand. I was surprised to find that so many trademarks were under the term hip hop. Wow. Wow. And as you know, uh, breakdancing, sure. uh, hip -hop, um, rap, all, all those things 
started in the 1970s. Yeah. And yeah. now hip hop is a global phenomenon that's okay. now recognized as a leading music uh, a genre around the world. Yeah. So, and it's found in places that we've never heard of, but they, they know about it. China, Philippines, yeah. uh -huh. Australia, uh, Europe, Central and South America, hip hop is global. It has a global impact. Exactly. So that's something I was surprised to find. And the other thing I was surprised to find is that, you know, you know the Bowflex that everybody used oh, yeah. back, back in the day? Uh -huh. We found an inventor from Ethiopia who uh -huh. was the designer of the Bowflex. I can't recall his name right now. He uh -huh. passed away a couple of years ago. Sure. But that uh, Bowflex at one point was generating $400 million a year in revenue. Now uh -huh. there's a lot of different exercise equipment we can use. And yeah. at one point, I did have a Bowflex. I just no longer have it. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, well, it just goes to show you just one good idea can make all the difference. And the other one that I find to be really fascinating is that little water gun thing. Oh, yeah, Super Soaker. Super Soaker. That thing, it really took off. Really took off. Well, to, to just add on to what you just stated, sure. Ronnie Johnson was uh -huh. also inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2021. Wow. Just last year. Just last year. Yeah, that, that is tremendous. Yeah, for sure. But it, it just goes to show you that, you know, some creativity can take a person a long way. Well, it's yeah. that necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. And if we count all the things that our people were subjugated to in the 17, 1800s and 1900s, it didn't stop them from creating and inventing things. And yes. though some of them could not receive patents in those early part of True. the country's development, a number of them did file for patents yes. during the 1800s to 1900s uh -huh. and uh, 20th and 21st century. And my job is to be, to be able to find that information, uncover it, and document it and print books about it. Absolutely. That's a great way to do it. Now, speaking of books, how can people get your books? Well, we're going to go to that last slide. Yes. Uh -huh. And just to also mention, sure. uh, we can't um, forget what Dr. Katherine Johnson. Yes. Um, who developed the mathematical um, calculation. Yeah, for NASA. For NASA yes. that was used in the Mercury, uh -huh. Gemini, Apollo, and also those calculations are going to be used for the future Man missions to Mars. Mars. This woman should also be inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And, and I think she will be. Definitely. And the book yeah. hits figures as well as the movie. Yeah. I implore your audience to make sure they watch the movie and yeah. also make that a part of the reading list for this month and many months to come. Oh, that is fantastic. And I, I know that they will. And I think probably everyone on here has seen that movie. <laughs> so Keith, our time is coming to a close for now. I think you're going to be coming back, though, because there's so much more I know that you can share. But how can people get in contact with you? I know you have this up here and you have some events coming up uh, this month there as well in New York. Um, well, you know, because of the coronavirus, Omicron, COVID, yeah. Um, I do have some events, but most of them are going to be virtual. virtual. Okay. And, uh -huh. I, and I, I look forward to people getting in contact with me. I am available during uh -huh. the month of February, March, April, May, and year round to do these uh -huh. events. 
And I've done speaking events in Canada, yeah. uh, United States, and the UK virtually. So yeah. I am available. So if people want to get in contact with me, one way is to visit our website, which has a plethora of information in yeah. terms of, uh, of inventors, books, and, and and materials that we offer. So it's not only just my book. Sure. I have my book, Black Inventors Crafting Over 200 Years of Success. Uh -huh. I also have the Black Inventors and Scientists series, which are workbooks that can be used by third through sixth graders. Okay. I also have a Black Inventors book by Najiri Olatunji, which is a workbook for fourth graders. Okay. And I also have a poster by Will Jones. Yes. His Miracles Happen. As you know, you have yeah. a copy of that. Absolutely. It is amazing. Eye-opener. It should be in every classroom or library in the United States and beyond. And I also want to give a shout out to um, Yvonne King. She's one of my leading uh, book distributors okay. at bookstore.net. So there's a number of ways you can get in contact with us, but primarily through globalblackinventor.com. Yes. And you can also reach us at Facebook, uh, Global Black Inventor Research Project, Inc. Uh -huh. You can reach me also by LinkedIn under Keith Holmes. Yes. And you can see I have an email address, kchomes50 at gmail.com. And of course, you can reach us by, by phone, 646-610-1485. That's awesome. I tell you, I, I'm still going through the book. And uh, I, 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 like I stated, every time I go through it, I learn something new. And then I start doing my own follow-up to learn my how in the world that they come up with this, <laughs> but they have those creative minds and, you know, many of them are so blessed as well, you know, gifted, you know, God blessed them with some gifts and they take those gifts and they put them out into the world. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that inventors mm -hmm. want to help change the world. Yes. And many of these inventions developed by our people, as well as the uh, inventors from over 190 countries around the world, uh -huh. developing things that can improve the lives of people. Yes. And that's what inventions really are made for. They're the creative side of, as you say, God-given talent. God-given talent. For them to develop something that can make a difference in the world. Yes. And, and that's really what it's all about. And that's what we want people to take from this. At 20, the year 2022 is an amazing year and we can invent some things now. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't have to um, not do it. We can still do it in the midst of a pandemic and it's happening, you know, so that's, you know, all the other things that are coming as a byproduct of this pandemic. So many things will be invented and so many patents and trademarks as well. I'd like to add one other thing. Most sure. of us think, you know, especially when we're growing up and I know you, you did the same right. thing. We we all envision ourselves be possibly becoming a sports star. You know, right. yeah, I was trying to be an astronaut. Okay, an astronaut. Yeah. Uh -huh. But the chances of us being an NBA basketball player, and I'm not talking about a scrub, sure. is one in a million. Yes. The chances of us becoming an NFL star or a player in the NFL is one in 50,000. Exactly. Chances of us becoming a, a Major League Baseball player is one in 40,000. Uh -huh. Chances of becoming a hip-hop artist, someone who's recognized is one in 10,000. But uh -huh. my calculation says... Our chances of becoming an inventor is one in 3,000. Exactly. I think I'll take that road. Yeah, that's a pretty good odds there. That's pretty good odds. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, I tell you, I really enjoyed this. I'm going to have you come back on again, and we're going to do another project uh, similar to this. Okay. And, and share even more, you know, in the coming uh, months. But I really want to thank you, uh, Keith Holmes, for being a tremendous uh, guest, sharing your book, Black Inventors. And I know it's going to make a difference in the lives of people who are listening to this and those who are listening on the archive as well with Apple Podcasts when I get that out. So I want to thank you so much for being our guest today and wish you continued excellence and continue to share your gift uh, through this book and the projects that you provide, you know, not only here in the U.S., but also in other countries as well. So thank you. Paul, thank you so much for having me on as a guest and as a friend. and. Yeah inviting me on this very important subject that yeah. that uh, that unfortunately only occurs during black history right. but our history is more than a month yes it's, it's every day <laughs> every day since we've been alive <laughs> and we'll be after we are gone <laughs> absolutely absolutely all right so thank you very much i also want to thank the viewers who are viewing live here on the live stream also, those who listen on the archive, I'll see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast and have a tremendous, tremendous day, Black History Month, month of February, and we thank you all. So I'll see you on the very next broadcast. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. Thank you so much, Keith. Thank you, Paul. All right. Have a great day. You too. All right. Thanks for listening to Wealth Academy Podcast. Please subscribe and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching, in addition to resources associated with this podcast, email paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com.